and welcome to another episode of Too Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we haven't seen yet, based on nothing but their weird description. I am Brantley. And I am Albert. And we're going to start off with one that I hope we have not done already, Brantley. We've done over a hundred episodes, and some of Most these... Most with having at least three movies in them? Yes. So some of these are, are like, in with other things that I did should have crossed out but didn't, but... I think we have not done Visiting Hours from 1982. Does it ring a bell with you? No, I was more trying to make a joke about hospital visiting hours, but I did I think there's going to be a hospital in this one. What? Yeah. What a Deborah crazy Ballin is a controversial middle-aged TV journalist. So, I guess, imagine like a Nancy Grace type? Although, is Nancy Grace controversial, or is just she just more or less universally hated? I guess some people must unironically watch she her. She stays on the air. And be like, yeah! Or, I mean, then again, she might just be getting a bunch of hate views. I mean, I guess whatever just the advertising yeah. dollars out there. Who is campaigning on air on behalf of a battered woman who murdered her abusive husband, claiming justifiable defense against the so-called victim. All right. I mean, it's a debate. You could have, like, I don't know that that's fair, but it's not the craziest thing to talk about. But her outspoken views championing women's rights. I don't know if murdering people is women's right. I don't, I don't know if that one's a feminist thing. I think it's more, yeah, she's defending her right to defend herself. And then it's also just like throwing in women's rights on top of it. Yeah. It's a separate discussion to have. Her, her outspoken views incense one of the studio's cleaning staff, closet homicidal psycho and misogynist, Colt Harker. Hawker. I don't know if closet's the right term there. I don't know that it's not, but it's... Uh, I mean, if he hasn't killed anybody, yeah, if he's I not guess. out talking about how much he hates women. Okay. Just secretly. Yeah. Who's deep-seated despising of all things female occurred from seeing his mother throwing boiling oil in the face of his abusive father when he was a small child. I I can see that. I guess. I mean, I don't know that I want to, like, I don't like the whole, like, when he was a child, his parents messed him up. That seems like it's a little simplistic and obvious. Yeah. But that's kind of true. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> this guy is misogynist Batman. His so mother Batman. his mother killed his father in, in the alleyway after they were at the theater. And he put on the hood. So kind of Flashpoint Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's the weird lady, lady Joker, right? Yeah, his mom becomes the Joker, but Bruce died and the parents lived. And they went crazy in two different ways. <laughs> um, my son was scared as a bat, so now I'm a bat. <laughs> Because there has to be a Batman. Yes. Well, that's fine. And whose M.O. is to photograph victims he stabs as they're spasming to death. Not going to be getting good pictures there, man. Yeah, it's probably going to be blurry. Mm-hmm. Like, you really need people to hold still for a minute. Yeah, just take it after the I dead. guess he has really high shutter speed, maybe. Like, he has yeah. some good film. He does work in the news station, so maybe he has access to high-quality cameras. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so I, th- this is going to call back. So he's uh, he's been incensed. So much so that he decides 
there and then to shut her up. Permanently! So we're gonna rock up the air. Yeah, he's gonna start a petition, um, a letter writing campaign that, uh, he's, like, he's gonna go and he's gonna send mail to all of the advertisers, get them cut off. Um, he probably, like, create some spoof return addresses, uh, enlist some local other misogynists to help him out. And the, you know, misogynists united. <laughs> Those misogynist meetings we all attend secretly. For our and what do you training. hate about women? They got boobs. I like looking at them, but I hate that they have them. They don't like me looking at them, and I don't like that. I should be able to look at them. Somebody should invent, like, a machine that lets me look at boobs all the time. Terry, what do you hate about women? They can make babies. That ain't natural. <laughs> Terry's not the smartest guy of the group, but, you know, he's a regular. He brings good food. Babies freak him out. <laughs> like Managing to beat her home... Like, th- this is... The thing about this is, like, he's decided to kill her. He doesn't need to be this impulsive. Like, he's racing... Like, he's like, she needs to be taken I'm off the air to... permanently. And he's like, I'm gonna get in my car right now and drive to her home that I know where it is because I looked it up in the database of the television station I'm or whatever. I'm going to put forward the concept, the idea, you might say the theory, that people what are willing to murder might not be making the best decisions and might not be the most there mentally. You think... Yeah, that has been my experience. Okay. He soon dispatches her maid, Francine, before turning his rage onto her as she come home, greeting her in only wearing her jewelry and makeup. Getting a little Norman Batesy here. Uh, Okay. He's naked wearing her makeup. He's naked wearing her makeup and earrings and necklace. Do Do you think? He's an attractive man. Like, are we imagining, like, a middle-aged dude with the paunch and, like, a beard that's not very well kept, but he's wearing makeup and her jewelry? I wasn't picturing the beard, because when did this come out? This is, like, 90s, 80s. 80s. Yeah, so clean-shaven yeah. was more the thing, especially if you're working in a studio. Area. Well, he's yeah. a janitor, though. He is. I was picturing more clean-shaven. Okay. Uh, he's a janitor, so... Hair or no hair? Hair but balding. Okay. Like, not like the full cul-de-sac, but it's hidden there. Because if that, if I see this dude, this paunch dude, wearing poorly applied makeup and the gaudiest jewelry he could pick out. Also naked. Naked. I think that I will be happy to have him kill me, so I won't have to be looking at that anymore. Or you could run. You could run away. is a possibility. We're real good at it. But you'll be able to remember that. The fact that I'm thinking about it right now is kind of making me wish that I wasn't. Well, then don't. Okay. Well, I'll continue then. Okay. Despite the brutal injuries he lashes out on her... Not really how I would use that sentence, but okay. Or that word, but okay. She manages to survive and is rushed off to the hospital. By who? She probably calls 911. Cell phones were a thing. So... not as much in 1982. No, but they existed. I mean, I know I know she's a news anchor, but even that, like... Yeah. It's like $100 I mean, a minute. We are reading the strip, but he probably... There was, like, a mini chase throughout her house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, she yeah. probably had somewhere where she could call, and then, like, after she gets through, they kept the landlines. Or, and then he, you know, the police come, and he runs off. Yeah. Naked. Naked. With jewelry and makeup. Yeah. Mm. No Just, Okay. But undaunted, he catches up to her in the hospital. And and this is 
uh, this is these are the best words that I've read recently, apparently. Okay. Disguised as a florist. So he's no Male longer female, naked. You think? Um, is he wearing a wig? I the the idea of being a florist, while I am aware that it is open to all genders, in your my brain mind, does say female. Is coded very uh very female. Yeah. So disguised as a florist, he enter the building. Mm-hmm. That's a little typo. To continue his mission to finish her off, along with anyone else who gets under his skin. This guy does not have so a good long-term killing, he's killing life plan. Men too. This guy just. No, they, they, yeah. only people who get under his skin. Really. Oh, right, only the women, sorry. I misunderstood. I don't think you understand. It's my fault. You oh, was that the end? That, that, that was it, that was the end, yes. That was abrupt. Sometimes they don't all go to the end. That's fair. Or go to, like... They um, find their own stopping point and then they do so. Brantley's got the next movie for us today. Brantley, what do you got? This movie's about tomorrow, Saturday the 14th. Oh, no. That's what it's called. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I think I've looked at it. This is a... This is a jokey movie. Yeah. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna veto your ability to do this, but I will voice my hesitation about making fun of a movie that's already trying to be silly. It's like... What joke are you gonna make? They're obviously intentionally being stupid. Well, yeah, but that's... You know... People still do riff tracks as trolls, too. So, you think Trolls Two is intentional? Have you seen Trolls Two? I've seen pieces of Trolls Two. There is no aspect of the movie that was not clear that they were aware they're making it. First off, there's no trolls in the movie. I'm aware of that. There, there is continuing but, our digressions. It is about. Have goblins? you seen Suburban Bigfoot? No, I haven't either. But I've seen pieces of it, and it's got a Bigfoot, and like. The worst Bigfoot costume you've ever seen, and it has boobs. It's not a girl Bigfoot, but for some reason it's got, like, very right, so he's overweight. Well, well-defined Bigfoot boobs. And it kills a man by ripping another man's arm off and throwing it at him so hard that it, like, collapses his chest cavity or That's something. Awesome. It's, a, it's, it's, like, shot on VHS, essentially, so it's not good. But people make these kinds of movies t- like with complete seriousness. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not convinced on the Trolls 2 thing. You've seen the Oh My God bit, right? Oh my god! Yeah. I know that Simon Pegg was doing it on purpose in Mission Impossible not Ghost Protocol. What's I haven't seen one? any of those movies, so Rogue I can't Nation. When he makes a specific call out to it. But I don't think that kid was intentionally trying to create a meme in 1970 or whenever they made that movie? Why don't you read your movie now? Okay. (laughs) It's the second unluckiest day of the year. Pennsylvania is beginning to look a lot like Transylvania and the horror spoof Saturday the 14th. Oh, I hate this. (laughs) Pennsylvania is starting to look a lot like Transylvania. You said that almost to the tune of it's starting to look a lot like Transylvania. No, I did. Pennsylvania's beginning to start to look a lot like I can't do it again. Transylvania, there's monsters in the square and a ghost at the Grand Hotel. A ghost that's over there. There you go. Will rhyme better. Yeah. 
we'll, we'll workshop this over we'll, there. <laughs> the gauzy kind that doesn't <laughs> like to show. The hard to come up legs. when you're trying to sing at the same time. Anyways, John and Mary can't believe their good fortune when they inherit the vast estate of John's recently departed uncle. I haven't seen this story in a while, honestly. The mysterious uncle died, and now you have a fancy house. It's almost yeah. like people aren't as wealthy and have fancy houses. Sure, uh. it's a fixer-upper, but there's <laughs> nothing that can't be taken care of with a fresh coat of paint, a little dusting, and maybe an exorcist. Uh, so, impl- there's ghosts. Yeah. Right, okay. It turns out that they've just moved into the most eerie house in Erie, Pennsylvania. And one that some loathsome looky-loos are simply dying to take off their hands. Is it actually taking place in Erie, Pennsylvania? It says that. Just to, just as a random side note, the Not children's Eerie, television show Erie, Indiana is great. <laughs> the first season. I love how much you're fighting this. Hmm. Where's, we still got more to go, don't worry. There's not much, though. Monsters, mayhem, and mirth descend upon the house, and only a mysterious book can save this everyday normal family from Saturday's paranormal activity. That movie wasn't out yet. This has nothing to do... Like, why is... Yes? I was gonna say, why is it called Saturday the 14th? But then I remembered that there's an entire series of movies called Friday the 13th that as far as I can remember... Never mention what date it is. In the, uh, movie. the first one takes place on Friday the thirteenth because that's Jason's birthday. It's the thirteenth of July, I think. Okay, and he also died on his birthday, which was also Friday the thirteenth somehow because that's how dates work. <laughs> I, and wait, so years it later, it could happen. It could, no, yeah. If you were born on the thirteenth, every seven years it would be a Friday. Yeah, so. but I think it's only like three years later. Jason is not three years old. No, no. He dies on Friday the 13th. And oh. then like three or so years later, Pamela well, Voorhees is murdered. two per year, though, right? But is it the same? Oh, well, it's yeah, on the anniversary. Because yeah. they're opening up, they're getting ready for summer, so it might be a little bit before. We've cracked the code on Friday the 13th. It doesn't make sense, Brantley. There's also a debate about what year the movie takes place, but that's... It's fault. Anyway, that's all I have for Saturday the 14th. But you know what I have next? Saturday the 14th strikes back! We're still in it. We're still here. Couldn't they have gone with Sunday the 15th? No, no. That would have been silly. Come on. Or like Thursday the 12th. (laughs) It's a prequel. (laughs) We need to make that movie. (laughs) Just nothing weird happens. It's just a family comedy. And then at the end, it's just like, Well, Johnny, you ready to go? You're summer vacation? Camp Crystal Lake! Then, like, ha-ha happens as over credits. That'd be fun. But that's not what we're doing. After moving into a decrepit, inherited mansion with his family, Eddie is the only one to notice the mysterious mist that spill up from the basement and engender odd behavior in everyone but himself and lovable old Gramps. Okay. So, wait. This is a 90s sequel. Or, I don't know how they... This one's 1988, I believe. The first one was when? 1981. This is the sequel that's just literally the same movie again with mm-hmm. different characters. It's like the Open Water 2 where they were like, and then some more divers got in the water and couldn't get up in the boat. Or most of the Friday the 13th movies. 
Uh, yeah, I was thinking of my or most of the her example movies. of this is the Homeward Bound movie and its sequel, where Homeward Bound two was it stuck in the city though. Literally the same movie, plot point for plot point, except it takes place in the city and they have the blood red van, which I guess you could maybe map to the cougar chase, but it's a little more fleshed out. I didn't watch that movie all the way through. I watched a couple of times. So like, yeah. I was a child, I adored and the first one. like we had very limited options on what we could watch, so I took what I could get. Well, I didn't own it. I think my either a friend or a cousin had it, and we started watching it. And I just lost all interest, and just like when I did something else and came back, and they were just still in the city. I was like, I don't care. To be fair, the first one's not exactly a banger of a. Movie, it's not, but, but there's a lot of nostalgia tied up in it. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not like it's also a remake. Ripping. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, a little level of Gramps. Not bothered by this spooky mist from the basement. Does he know? Does he notice it? Uh, no, Eddie notices it, but it makes everybody else except for him and Gramps look weird. Probably Gramps' soul is just like, nah, I ain't doing it. The, 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 like the actor was just like, <laughs> just, I, I'm not wearing that prosthetic. No, I'll like act weird, and they're like, no, we need you to. I, I actually like. I'm trying to think of. There's this is kind of a trope where like there's the kid and then the grandparent mm-hmm. who. Confide like believes them, and then the like the so they they're both on opposite ends of the spectrum of like people caring about what they think, yeah. right? So the like the grandparent is there living off of his kids because he can't live on his own anymore, and so he's probably kind of senile. He's um, what am I trying to say? Like he's not uh connected to the world anymore he's not as connected anymore right all of his friends are basically dead or not you know they are not in the same around. boat as him so they don't interact so maybe writing right. each other so it's the kids who don't care about the what the grandparent thinks and the kids that don't care about what the kid thinks like the actual child yeah. thinks uh and so they have a common bond i really like this plot point in this movie that i vehemently object to <laughs> The entire family, from Eddie's dad to his freeloading aunt Alice, is a busy house. Well, it's a they all in, they all inherit it together. Yeah. Soon begins conducting late night chocolate fudge sculpture classes in the kitchen. Okay, what? Which reminds me, which makes me think of the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Time when he's doing the uh, mashed potato. Oh yeah, yeah. It's probably that they probably literally do that. Chairs begin eating people. Cherries or chairs? Chairs, like what we're sitting on. So, Aunt Alice spouts werewolf-style facial hair. What does that mean? And monsters begin issuing yeah, forth. If it's a woman sprouting facial hair, like you could just stop with that, yeah. I guess. And monsters begin issuing forth from a crack in the basement floor. Honestly, this movie about chairs eating people would be more interesting. Yeah, this is like a sequel to Deathbed, the bed that eats. Mm-hmm. And then there's like chairs. That the chairs also that eat. eat. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of what, like, if you could have a better tagline. Uh, what's the na- another name for chair? They have... There's not, there's not like, a lot of verbiage associated with chairs. Right? You just... Seat? The seat of evil? Yeah. Yes, chair. The seat of evil. We've cried... Yes. Why is that not the whole movie? You want to make a stupid comedy, which I get. He has literally stood up, by the way. I just, my butt's sore now. Okay, yeah, it's not a great chair you're sitting on, by the way. So you've got, you want to make a stupid movie. I doubt this movie's ability to be funny, but they're going to try to be funny. And 
why not have evil chairs? Forget about the monsters. You're not going to do them better than every other movie that's ever done monsters. You have evil eating chairs that eat people somehow. I don't know how that works. What kind of chairs are you picturing? Well, so initially, like, the first thing that came up in my mind was, like, they're doing these sculptures like dining room in the chairs, kitchen. Right? That's what I got. Right, so they're dining room chairs. But as I was, right before you asked that question, it popped into my head that the easier chair to have eat people would be like a big recliner, recliner, easy chair. The bigger, the better, essentially. A lazy boy. And then, like, it has a mouth that opens in that spot where mm-hmm. the seat and the back meet. Comically, in some cases, it probably talks to the kid. Like, it opens up. There's like a a tongue that flops mm-hmm. out, and it's like, "Come over here, Johnny. Why don't you sit down? Feed me, Seymour. Get off your feet. <laughs> Take a load off." I'm not sitting on you. Come on. <laughs> Sit on my face, Johnny. I was going to not make that joke, but you made the joke. And now the joke's there. Yep. And we all have to live with it. Unless you edit it out. Which you can't do, because I keep talking about it. Thus locking you into using the joke. There's also more opportunities for there to be, like, an eye-type thing. Like, it, like the it's folded in some way, where it mm-hmm. looks like it has eyes. Or those, like... Like the leather chairs that have around the, um... You know, they have, like, the button in there that holds the leather in, and it's, like, kind of compressed around it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Describing yeah. it in a terrible way, but... Right. Like, those, We like, need to go make this movie. <laughs> Anyways. Soon, a leggy blonde vampire named Charlene has taken up residence in Eddie's room. While all the Yeah, there's, like, a whole rom... Not rom-com, boner comedy type thing happening. Yep. She tells the boy he's set to inherit the mantle of darkness from a fiend known as the Evil One at the stroke of midnight on Saturday the 14th. So now the title actually matters in the sequel. It does. Why are they... Is it just about, like, the name recognition? Because there's the first no one entirely. slasher stuff happening at all. Well, this one is, like, you know, makes it an important day. And there's probably a joke about why wouldn't it be the Friday the 13th? It's like, no, everybody gets that wrong. This the fourteenth is more important. I almost like it less than they're calling it out as like they're important. <laughs> In both cases, the the original and and this terrible, terrible mockumentary, not mockumentary. I don't know what I'm saying. Continue if there's more to continue with. As signs and portents proliferate. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's correct. That's fine. It's just it's weird to have that kind of. Words the at the end of this. Proliferation of portents. No, like that's fine, like the alliteration, but it's weird to have those words at the end of everything else that's come before in this description, right? We just had you know a leggy blonde vampire show up out of nowhere, and it's like portents and signs and proliferation. Yeah, do we need more? Like, there's monsters and mist and carrying people, chairs and like a sexy vampire lady, and then also Jupiter is. Uh, in retrograde. Uh, in retrograde to Venus. I don't know how that all works. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eddie must decide whether to reject temptation or bask in his newfound powers. Which he has, I guess. I guess. Help arrives unexpectedly in the form of Leonard Cavendish, Gramps' deceased best friend. I'm, I'm coming around to this movie. <laughs> but you don't like that you are. I don't, no, but it's like... <laughs> I'm envisioning... There's go- parts that are really interesting. Like, the chair... Just a movie about e- people eating chairs is fun. 
also, uh, so I'm envisioning a little bit of Home Alone, mm-hmm. where this kid, uh, again, to not to reiterate too much, he's probably not really cared for too much by his family. Maybe he's an annoying teen. It's the not now kiddo trope, yeah. Right. And I, I, I'm envisioning him as like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. So like the sexy vampire lady is a real temptation. The unlimited power or whatever it is, is a real temptation. So if this was not a comedy, if this was not trying to be stupid, I would be very much into it. The actual decision, of, and and the fact that the grandfather is in, like he's so he is going to be past the like I need to have sex with blonde, hot blonde lady, hopefully maybe, um, like he'll still be into it, but he's seen enough shows. where he's like, uh, you know, there will be more hot ladies, son, <laughs> uh, uh, and that won't try to drink your blood, right? <laughs> he's a vampire, also, so like. He and he's like the anchor that's keeping him grounded in what he ought to do, and maybe even like the the sexy lady's trying to get him to do something to get rid of Gramps. And so, and now there's this ghost also that's like taking Gramps' side and saying, "Hey, you're gonna do something." I I don't know if he's gonna kill Gramps, right? Like that's not in evidence here. But in my mind, there's actually an interesting conflict for this kid, and. I don't think that's probably the actual movie, but no. I, I like feel that a lot of the screen time is going to be spent out with just wacky hijinks. Yeah, with uh oh, the ant has a beard. How crazy! Uh, I and I'm I, I'm just I'm also judging this a lot on the fact that I've never heard of it, except for in looking things up for this show. <laughs> so I'm gonna guess it's probably not actually that funny or good. Yeah, that's fair. But there are some gems. Yeah, and it might just be like ironically funny. Like the jokes are bad, but they're trying, and that's kind of endearing. <laughs> that's fair. That'll do it for us for this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I am wrung out from today. We're, we're it's like seven o'clock. I've worked all day. We've had a lost recording. I'm tired. But if you have got any energy left at the end of this podcast, you should uh, leave us a review wherever it is that you leave reviews for podcasts these days. I hear you can do it on Spotify if you're on Apple still for some reason, even though they released that abomination of a phone. It's got 18 cameras on it! So? Why does it need 18 cameras? Just buy a camera? Just buy it. Like, if you need it to be so good that you can't fit it all into one camera, you like, you just stick, glue a bunch of other cameras, you could just go buy a camera. Because it's already amazing. Yes, but phones fit in the pocket. And you can just carry it's more easy to carry it with you. Yeah. So if something happens, it's like, oh, I wish I had cam Oh <gasps> I have camera in pocket. We all have future man that Yes, but it doesn't better camera. need to be perfect. Yeah, anyway, that's not we're not knife over. There have so- been things I've been trying to get a picture of that are too far away and it's just like, well, that's the blurry pixel. They make little things you can snap onto your camera. Yes, but I don't have those. Now um, you don't have to buy that. Because it has the camera there for yeah, you. Now you can spend $3,000. I don't know how much it actually is, but an insane amount of money on a camera that has an extra camera attached that goes further. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.